In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So this is uh, a presentation on healthy gender relationships. It's a presentation I gave at the Parish Life Conference, and it's about understanding the church's teaching on uh, gender and some other things we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, but it's, it's de designed to encourage us to support one another, regardless of the spiritual efforts we are making. That's very important to me. This isn't kind of a division thing, it's a uniting issue. I want to begin with a Sermon on the Mount, uh, which kind of sets the bar for all our spiritual work. It's a high bar set by the Lord himself. We're all to make this spiritual effort. It begins with the Beatitudes, to be true disciples and to live a blessed life. We're to be poor in spirit, we're to mourn, we're to be meek, we're to hunger and thirst after righteousness, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to be peacemakers. And in this effort, we will inherit the kingdom of God. But the Lord said also, in making this effort, we will suffer. We will struggle. We'll have difficulties. He continues in that sermon. He says, not only did the law say not to murder, but he says, if you call someone fool, you hold a grudge, and you don't forgive, you're guilty. The law says, do not commit adultery, but if you look upon another with lust, you're guilty. He gives us the encouragement to pray, to fast, to give alms. He ends chapter 5 by saying, be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So we're all called to deification. We're all called to be gods by grace in union with Christ. We're all called to be whole, to be chaste, to be humble, to be loving, to be generous, to be grateful, to be pure. In regard to these virtues, we're all given one or more challenges. Uh, actually, I should say, you're given more than one challenge. <laughs> We're born with or we inherit and we ac or acquire imperfections. How many here have an imperfection? Raise your hand. Get them all up, please. Those who are lying, raise your hand. So we all have imperfections. How do we deal with these imperfections? That's part of our salvation. Whatever we're given, that's part of our salvation. We're called by Christ to take up our cross and follow him. So to continue here, I want to stop a bit and define certain terms that I think are very important. The term truth, the term marriage, gender, and sex. How does the ancient church view these terms and how do we define them? First, and I think most importantly, is how do we define or determine truth? We understand that it's revealed to us by Christ, but who is this Christ? What and how do we inherit, interpret his teachings? In 1 Timothy, it says, The house of God, which is the church of the living God, is the pillar and ground of the truth. So the church, historically, has been that place where theologically, spiritually, morally, 
the truth is found and confirmed and lived. So how does that take place? It's not done and not based on autonomous opinions. It's based on conciliar agreement of bishops, consensus of the people, and that confirmed in history. Those three things are very critical. Conciliar because it mirrors and follows the work of the first council held in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. When the concern was, how do we uh, bring in Gentile converts? There was a controversy. The bishops met. They decided that they were brought in a certain way. The people said amen, and church throughout history has confirmed that. So these elements, conciliar agreement, uh, consensus of the people, and confirmation through history. It's why the Arian heresy is no longer a teaching in the church. It took 100 years to get the Arian heresy out of, out of the church. It's very powerful to understand this. The church has this way to take a, a situation, a thought, an opinion, and let it grind through those things. Conciliar agreement, consensus, and confirmation. So how does the church define marriage? Marriage is defined as between a man and a woman, and that is also how we determine gender. So man and woman, marriage is determined through the Holy Scriptures, through the teaching of the church, the teaching of Christ, between a man and a woman. He blessed the wedding of Cana, uh, and so he blessed that, that as well. So the other term that's important to understand, I think, also is sex. It's blessed only in marriage. Only in marriage between a man and a woman. It's blessed because it brings about sacramental unity and allows for procreation. But this applies to everyone. This applies to married people, to single people, to divorced people, to widows, to widowers, to teens, college, Anybody, same-sex attracted folks, anyone that has, is outside of marriage, this is the teaching. Sex is only blessed within the context of holy marriage. So, how does one live in the church in these health, with, within these healthy and holy boundaries? How does the church assist us to do so? This is the most the very important thing. How do we, as a church community, help each other to live according to these great traditions. The answer is love. The answer is love. Love does not mean condoning practices outside of the, church, the teaching of the church, but supporting one another in our spiritual efforts. Four beautiful kinds of love, agape love. Unconditional love given to us by God, and it's how we should treat each other. Filial love, the love of friendship, which should grow deeply within the context of our community. Eros love, love of uh, passion and intimate, but it doesn't necessarily mean need to, uh, to be include sex doesn't need to be included in that because the highest form of Eros love 
is an intimate relationship with Christ. That's the ultimate goal. Storge love is family love. All these should be expressed by us and the church. Our communion with each other and with the church, with Christ and the saints, should include all these above and should provide for us great fulfillment. Just kind of an aside here, I wanted to take a thought and kind of make sure I express this a bit. Because I think sometimes we... um, C.S. Lewis has a quote that he says, uh, our sexual impulses have been given preposterous privilege. Somehow we believe that sex is a right. But sex does not need to play a part in fulfillment of a Christian person. And that's across the board. C.S. Lewis made this statement in relationship to uh, uh, an article he wrote called God in the Dock. And it was about a lady that wanted to leave her husband because she wasn't sexually satisfied. That was the reason. And so he writes this article, and in it he says, our sexual impulses are being given preposterous privilege. But not only sexual impulses, but pleasure itself has become a right. It's become a goal in this world. Happy, pleasure, happiness. Whereas in our life as Christian people, the goal is to be united to Christ, to bear our cross, to lose our, our life, to find it in Christ, to uh, care deeply and, and uh, intimately for one another, bearing each other's burdens together. And this will allow us and lead us to a joy-filled, uh, fulfilled life. This is our work. So, how do we then express and live within this life with healthy gender relationships and expressions they demand for us healthy pursuits? We need to pray. We need to pray for our mind to be sanctified. We need to fast so our will will be strong. We need to give alms, so our hearts will be generous. We need to live life in the kingdom, devoted to the church, to the saints, and to the sacraments. Always anticipating, beloved, preparing for the life to come. And as you know, if you have stood by folks that are near their end, you will see how their life changes and their focus changes toward that spiritual goal the kingdom to come. Life is a prelude, a preparation for the life in the kingdom to come. And that's for all of us. But we all have difficulties, crosses to bear, appetites to deny. And this will be an effort we make in this pursuit to the kingdom. In my experience, it's important to have, I believe, special compassion on those that are same-sex attracted or have gender issues. They need special support in their effort because in the church's tradition, it would would encourage them to, one, if possible, find and uh, uh, kind of uh, of transform their desire 
toward the opposite sex. That would be an effort. But if that's not possible, which it's not in many cases, uh, the effort then is to live a life, a celibate life, a life without sex, okay? A life of deep friendship, a life of agape love, a life of filial love, a life of eros, and a life of storge love. This love is what then is the deepest and most important fulfillment. So, and I believe that this, and I found this to be a great opportunity to find fulfillment in the church. So, let me make this statement. I thought about this, I thought it was very important. The doors of the church are open to all, no matter what their struggle. If they come with issues outside the tradition of the church, we pray that they can travel the road. We can help them travel the road to be, being from non-communing members, participants, to being full communing members in the church. Our goal is to stand with each other in whatever struggle we have. That's the effort we are to make. Stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, with everyone that comes Making, helping them make that effort toward salvation, toward the kingdom. So um, let me share a few examples. Um, <clears throat> note that he, he's drinking water. <laughs> examples. Um, there's a beautiful book called Washed and Waiting by a gentleman called Wesley Hill, a beautiful person who same-sex attracted but has made a commitment, a Christian commitment, to live a celibate life. And he says, the way I need to live that is with the support of a community. And so for this is a critical piece for us, to understand that when somebody comes and has whatever struggle they have, we need to stand with them in their struggle. There's a wonderful person, Richard Padilla, who's got a blog out, uh, and I think he gives us some real insight into how to live within a Christian community, uh, needing support to, uh, for somebody that has same-sex attraction, but also desires to live a celibate life. He says this, uh, a little quote from the... the, the uh, the blog. Richard Padilla, bio-university graduate, along with a contingent of other same-sex attracted friends who support him in his healing journey. Richard Topic says, I need four things. I need time, I need touch, I need transparency, and I need teamwork. So we are there to support that effort. Whatever effort they are to make, we are there with those four things. He says, if to make it uh, in a holy way, these are the things I need. From you, from all of us. Touch, time, transparency, and teamwork. Very important, I think. So another one, uh, some other folks that I have had relationships with um, say this, it's very important, I think. He speaks of his same-sex attraction, he says, I'm gay by grace and celibate by choice. Pretty powerful. 
It's, it's, it's my cross. It's my salvation. I need strength to endure to the glory of God. That's part of our effort. He says, I thank God for my struggle. May I use it for my salvation and the benefit of others. But he says this, it's very important. But I need support to overcome fear, loneliness, despair, and feeling different. But in this effort, with love and acceptance, this person is finding great fulfillment. So, beloved, I believe we have a high calling, a very high calling. All of us do, to be God's by grace, to make that effort, to be holy people, to live pure and holy lives to the glory of God. But we as a community must also need and understand that we need to support one another so we all can find fulfillment as Christian people in the kingdom of God. So um, rather than questions now, uh, there's an opportunity you can write questions down and put them in a box. Valerie, do we have that? Go ahead and just write a question down and we'll have another session, probably not after liturgy, but I wanted to take this time to, uh, to encourage us to find a, uh, in the depth of our heart, to stand with each other in all the struggles that we all bear. And, and to be able to understand that that's how we, as Christian people, are saved. Not alone. We're saved together. We have to stand with each other. So I pray this helps us understand uh, the teaching of the church, but also encourage us as, us as what the community of the church is and needs to be, a support to all who find their spiritual efforts um, in, in this kingdom. So, Lord, be with you. Lord, keep and may bless you, raise his face to shine on you, lift his countenance on you, give you peace, and I'll allow you to come up uh, for uh, a blessing. So stay there, move this out of the way, I'll bring the cross forward for a blessing.